right. Uh, what I want to talk to you is about the, the season plan that we had this, this year that I wrote the idea before, you know, the season went and I haven't analyzed it 100% and for sure has been a little bit different, but the thought process stays, that's the thought process that I have. So you, can, you guys can have an idea of how, how I think about organizing a group of 60 something athletes uh, with five different coaches. Right? So I'll show you uh, the different training groups and you know, how, how I do the three-day cycles. And then I wrote here a macro cycle, a meso cycle, and a, the macro cycles that we have, you know, meaning the macro cycle, meaning the whole season, like, you know, from September, college swimming goes from September to, to March. And the meso cycles, just the groups of weeks. You know, I think I have five or six groups of four weeks, five weeks. I think the longest is eight weeks. Uh, and then the macro cycle meaning one week. So you can see how things are going. Um, you know, and I don't know if I explained this to you. Uh, you have to think that in college swimming, you only have 20 hours a week that you can practice. So you're limited uh, with the hours that you can work. Within these 20 hours a week, I have to count the strength and conditioning, the weights, any meetings that I have with the kids. Uh, about anything and competition. You know? So a competition, for example, becomes like three hours, even if it's a one-day competition. So out of the 20 hours a week, you know, I have to. If I have a Saturday competition, I only have 17 to practice. If I take one hour during the week to explain about the meets, the recruiting, whatever is going on with the team, or you know, then I only have 60 hours. So you have to be very efficient with the way you work your hours. You know. Um, and also you can only practice four hours a day, right? Having one day off every, every week. So it's mandatory. All that, all, all those things, you cannot change them. And they have very, very hard ways of controlling all those things. Right? So, uh, let's see, let me get out of this. And then go to a different one, just again. Uh-uh. So, the first thing I'm going to talk about is the groups, you know, how, you know, as you can see here, uh, I made a mistake here, a spelling. It's not the sentence group, it's a distance group. Sorry about that. We have a distance group, a mid-distance group one, a mid-distance group two, and a spring group. Uh, and each 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 group has a primary coach. Right? Uh, I think I explained this to you before. I'm the head coach. I have four assistant coaches. Right? They, um, well, I have uh, Steve, Albert, JC, and Peyton, four assistant coaches, plus I have a volunteer coach and then student coaches. So we probably have, for sure, six coaches, and sometimes we have eight or nine coaches on deck, counting the uh, student uh, volunteer coaches. Um, and the way here, you know, I, I, I kind of put different colors to the groups. The distance group, I put kind of this green, mid-distance, a light blue, uh, mid-distance to kind of an orange or whatever it is, and then a little bit lighter, uh, harder blue. I, I should have put probably a darker blue. Like if we look at the distance group, there's only, uh, 10 people in that group, and the coach is JC. I, I'm an assistant in the sense that I help her out whenever she needs me. I cannot be all the time with that group, but if my group is doing some aerobic work and I need to work with, help her out or whatever it is, I can, I can help her out. And then we have student assistants, Sean and Lake and Jake, that help her out too. As you can see here, you know, in mid-distance group, I am the primary coach, and then I have Peyton, Marshall, Sean and Jake, they helped me out, right? And the other mid-distance group, Coach Steve and Peyton, but Steve is the primary coach. And then spring, uh, spring group is Albert, is the primary coach, and then you have Marshall that helps him out all the time. And now, why do I have two mid-distance groups? It's because, as you can see, probably will be, it's the biggest group of people that we have. Here you have people that swim between, down to the 50, but they can swim a bit 
200 of each trunk or a good 200 flower or a 200 crystal and also go all the way to the 500 feet. The reason, you know, I coach you, if you want to label it in a, in a way, the higher level swimmers and Steve coaches, the ones that they need more help or that they're not at a certain level to train, even though some of these guys in the mid-distance group are very good. Okay. Uh, now, as you can see, the color coordination thing, what it means here, for example, if you look at the mid-distance group, right, you see here, Blake, his name, Blake Manoff. He's a, he's a sprinter. He, he hates to swim 200s in long course, right? even though he's pretty good, but he doesn't want to swim it. He just likes to swim uh, the 53, uh, the 53, 100, 300 fly, but also he swims a very good 200 in short course yards. Like this year, he was going into nationals, the fourth fastest in the country in the, in the 200 fly. Right? Um, and um, so what he does when we have him in this color, right? he trains, the first three days of the week with me, and the second three days of the week, he trains with the sprint group. So the first three days, he trains for the 200 of the event, and the second three days, he, he trains for the 100 of the event. Right? The same thing, you see Lulu here, that has a green. She's a 200, 400 freestyler long course. She's been in the uh, uh, Dutch national team. But in short course, she can swim a good mile or a good thousand. So for us, it's important for scoring for the team. So the first part of the season, the first three days, right, she swims with the distance group because they train for the longer longer events. And the next three days, she, she trains with me for the shorter events. Right? And, and all the people with color coordinator uh, things, they switch groups normally uh, after three days of one group. And then the, the next day, normally the first, the first part of the week will work the longer distance of the kids. So far, do I make any sense? Yes? Ah. Yes. Ah, awesome. You know, it's very simple. Eh? Nothing. Just, I'm just trying to explain to you guys how, how it's organized because it could seem like a chaotic type of thing, you know, when you have 60 plus swimmers. I think uh, we have 70 something swimmers, uh, swimmers and divers, but eight of them are divers. So I think it leaves us with 66 or 65. But here, like I explained before, the groups, weekly groups, the three-day cycles, twice a week. You know, the first cycle is Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. The second cycle, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So the spring group, the first cycle works on the 100 of the speed. The, the second uh, cycle, he works, they work on the 50. The mid-distance group, this is Steve's group, because he has more people swimming in the... You know, 200 free, uh, 200, uh, 200 of the stroke and 100 of the stroke. Some of them shoot 400 IM, but there's only one or two. The first part of the first three days, they shoot the 200. They train for the 200. In the second three days, they train for the 100. In my group, uh, they train for the first three days for the 500, 400 IM, and the second three days for the 200. Or I have people training for the 200 the first three days and the second three days for the 100. You know, my group is a little bit more complex in that sense. And the distance group, the first three days for the mile and the second three days for the time. Right? So there's a good balance on doing that. The primary coach, like I said here, you saw the primary, each primary coach, it's in charge of writing the workouts and leading the group and taking care of also their academic issues. So for example, I am in charge of all these guys, making sure in my group, making sure that their grades are good. If they have a problem, if our academic advisor, uh, every Monday when we meet, or sometimes he will just call or send an email, that Antani has missed an appointment with the uh, tutors or they're missing class, I have to take care of it. I, I, I see them in my office and I, I, you know, I make sure that doesn't happen again. Same thing with the other coaches. Right? Because if I have to take care of everybody, and there was no way I could. Also, for example, if there's somebody in the spring group that really needs to be yelled at, then I go into that meeting and I, I, I really make sure that that kid understands that if he's messing up, we'll have a problem. 
normally every meeting that we have, academic or swimming wise, watching videos, whatever it is, we have always two coaches. Normally it's a primary coach and then another coach uh, used to assist. Uh, the assistant coaches, uh, support for the primary coaches, the student, the student coaches move from group to group. The student coaches are normally the swimmers, they needed one more year to gather, either because their majors are very hard or because they switch majors, you know. Most of the swimmers graduate in four years, but you have some they graduate in four and a half or five. Um, like like this year we had we had three, two graduated in, in in four and a half, and one there was a foreigner and was training for the Olympics, graduated in five. Uh, so those guys they help us out doing training. Okay. And. Any questions about this? Nope. All right. So these are the training groups. All right. and then uh, I'll show you. This this would be our, our, our mid schedule, right? And more or less the things that we have. Let me put it bigger. Let me make it bigger. Now, I won't go into the menstrual cycles. I'll go uh, that, that a little later. Right? But, you know, as you can see, you know, uh, you know, we have the first day of school. No, the first day of official workout. And I'll explain what, what our first day of school is. Our first meet, inter-squad inter meet, that we soon marron orange. And we, we host a clinic for, for the city kids. Then we soon George Washington. Then we have Penn State and Ohio State. Then Queens, Richmond. Then we have another invitation on Ohio State. Then we have nationals, and then we have Christmas training and uh, winter training. But then we have in Virginia, NC State, another invitation. So as you can see, we have a lot of competition, right? Between pretty much the end of September until March. Normally, you're going to have anywhere between uh, thirteen to sixteen competitions. Right? So I'll, I'll come back to this one so I can show you how the missile cycles are. Now, this, this in, in a nutshell will be each, each month, right? A little bit. And uh, I don't, uh, I, 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 for sure, it's a little bit different what we've done, but this is the idea that we started with. Make sense? I haven't gone back and looked at week by week and how we changed it. But, but for example, here on the left-hand side, you see uh, the daily focus, the three-day cycle. And the three-day cycle goes one day power, one day aerobic, one day race pace. The, the order of those, it, it, it doesn't really uh, matter much uh, as long as I, you know, it, they match with the weights, the weight training or the dry lump training. And you can play, I can play with them. Uh, you try to have a system where always you follow a pattern. So sometimes I go power aerobic race space and aerobic uh, power race space. Or sometimes I start the week with aerobic, then I go to power, then I go to race space, then I go to aerobic power. So it all depends. You know? When we do power speed, as you can see here in the top, you know, that day, our main work is power speed using a circuit in the water. And I explained this before. With power towers, power racks, stretch cores, uh, land in the water, weight belts, parachutes. Uh, aerobic work, we go from aerobic one to aerobic three. And I'll show you more or less how I think of the energy systems. Uh, it's pretty much the same that EN1 to EN3, or whatever, whatever acronyms, acronyms or whatever you call it, you want to use. I've learned this in 1994, 1994, 1993. So I'm pretty much old school. Uh, race pace, um, oh, with aerobic one, aerobic three, we'll focus on work from aerobic one to aerobic three, depending on the days and part of the season. The race pace, we'll work from here to max to an aerobic one, uh, anaerobic one, sorry. And, and these days, that also depends on the type of the, uh, the 
part of the season will be fresh all the max tolerance to lactate, maximum production of lactate. Huh? Some days we will mix energy systems. Also in this in this calendar or macro cycle, you can find the dual meets, the competitions, dual meets, tri meets, three-day invitational conference nationals, and also you'll see the taper time. The conditioning is set up here too, at least the weeks that we're gonna do conditioning today. And then here, emphasis, the energy system emphasis daily work. So to me, instead of like working for three weeks aerobic, or you know, four weeks, I like to from day one start working on power speed or race pace. But as you can see here, I have priority one is red, priority two is yellow, priority three is blue. And then for competition, I gave him green. And then taper wrestling, I gave this darker navy blue color. So if we look at August, so far, any questions? No, very simple. If you look at August, our first day of school is August 26th. But because of the 144 days, I cannot start. I can only coach 144 days. Uh, you know, during the college season, I cannot start uh, August 26. Huh? So I have to count from back and see what day I can start. So the first day I can start is uh, September 6. What what I can do is at least do six hours, six to eight hours a week of conditioning. So as you can see here, you have weights, 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 and from the first day of school, they start the weight program with a strength and conditioning coach. Huh? So they lift, they go to the gym for one hour, normally an hour and a half. Huh? And during these first five sessions too, she takes advantage of trying to teach them things. The first five weeks of weights are gonna be a learning, a learning process. But the first five days, they do a little bit more individualized to, to try to teach them and understand what level they have. So our first day, as you can see here, we started with power speed, right? Even though our first priority for the whole month of, you know, of September and even uh, October was aerobic work, right? Now, when I say first priority is because even though if I work power speed, I can do a circuit trying to think, trying to do some power speed, but thinking more in the aerobic side. So instead of like doing a buckets with very heavy weights and you know trying to do speed at 50, 100 or 200 pace, I can do buckets with a lot less weight, just working on technique and building to certain speed and trying to start teaching them how to understand that and you know in, and finish with some fast stuff. You know, same thing with race pace. As you can see here, the second day. I don't know what I don't remember what we did, but I have it blue as the third priority. So I might start that day with I don't know. I give you an example: six one hundreds on eight minutes. I di I didn't do that, eh, but I could, you know. And the first one, uh, fifty percent. The second one, sixty percent effort, of whatever you can at that time. And the third one, seventy percent. And then the the fourth one. Maybe go 55%, the fifth one 65, and the eighth, the sixth one 65. You know, and try to simulate things and see where they are. So, as you can see, the main priority is aerobic, and the third priority is introducing all those energy systems, race pace and power speed, to try to you know get them ready for whenever we want to increase the, the, the level. You know. In October, as you can see, we changed the, the the priority of the power speed and the race pace to from third to second. And we're still focusing on those days that we do power speed. We still focus on the aerobic side, but a little bit higher level on the power speed, on the, on the race pace. You know, once, once we go into November, then we really need to try to really focus on the on the hard stuff, right? and we put a little bit more emphasis on the race pace right? every day. Even if we do power speed, try to 
try to find the race speed that we wanna uh, that we wanna accomplish. And then once we start in December, that right there, as you can see, there's only one focus: Either power speed, aerobic race pace, aerobic power speed race pace. Final weeks here, it's a week that has to be very aerobic. And on the last two days, when the finals are over between Friday and Saturday, I can I can change. Uh, the emphasis, you know, but normally this finals week, um, if if I try to if I put the practices very hard, the kids won't show up. You know, so if you put them easy recovery and all that, then uh, you have a chance that the kids come at least once every day. You know? Also, because of the NCA rules and the school rules, this this week we're not allowed to even take notes, uh, take attendance. Uh, once the finals are over. We start again with the emphasis on each day at 100%. Now, Christmas break, that this is a big break. Well, before before Christmas break here uh, in November, as you can see, we have Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is, is kind of a big break. Not a big break, but it's it kills you, you know. So because you have to give them off. And uh and sometimes these kids they go home and many, many of them they don't train. Or they go home and they don't have a facility to train. Now, before I go any further, we started our meets here, the green one, in September. Uh, that one was an inter-squad inter meet, so it was just between us. The next one, it's in October when we start, uh, you know, and this one is, it wasn't pretty hard, but it's it George Washington. And the following week, we, we competed against two top teams in the country ranked teams in the country, Ohio State and Penn State. Uh, two weeks with no competition, and then we go to an invitation. The Ohio State invitation here at the end of November is kind of a rehearsal for NC2As or for the conference. You know, it's the same format, even though we're not rested or we don't shave, because uh, you cannot try to make the NC2A cuts too many times. The NC2A cuts are too difficult. You know, uh, and you can only really shave once to try to make it. Maybe twice if you have a, a last chance meet the week after. Right? So it's it's you know after the Ohio State invitation we have a couple of practices. Then we have to give them like five six days off with Thanksgiving. So that that's kind of hard. Like this year, as you can see here in December, we gave them off, and when we came back, we had the U.S. Open Olympic trial. Uh, you know, the U.S. Open with all our swimmers that had Olympic trial qualifiers. Because this was right before the final exams. Um, I think we had 20 something kids that had qualified for the Olympic trials. And uh, only seven or eight of them went to the meet because they didn't want to miss the school a few days before finals. And this was optional too. So we got through finals, like I explained, we have four days of work, and then I have to give them a Christmas break. So as you can see, I have two, four, six, seven, eight days, they, they go home. Whoever stays here, I'm here, they can practice with me, but there's not that many this day. When we come back from Christmas break, since we don't start school until January 20 something, we, we pretty much uh, train pretty hard for four weeks. It's kind of our, we call it our Christmas training. Sometimes we go to a trip, but sometimes we stay here. And then we train for three, four weeks. But as you can see here, by January 13th, I have the first group that I have to start tapering. Now, this is a tricky part. For the, for the conference championship, I can only take 18 women. Right? So... So let's say I think this year I have 37 women swimmers. Forget about the divers, 37 women swimmers. And I can only take 18. So 19 of them know at one point that they're not going to go to the conference. And I, have, and I have to find a competition for them to shave and taper because maybe they swim very well and make in situations or whatever it is. So also, we don't always know the exact 18. So sometime in, uh, you know, when we come back from Christmas break, we have an idea 
of who's gonna make the team or not. And like this year for in the in the girls team, we had 18 we had 15 spots for sure and three spots that we had to find out. So we had 22 women trying to fight for three spots. So then we start tapering, tapering them for this the Virginia the Virginia taking invite. So this these people start tapering four weeks before the meet. Right? As I said before, I like five weeks. I started with these, these people four weeks because they also have here a day break. Right? So looking at that, it already gave me, you know, I didn't want to, to make it too long. The week after, so I have one week of taper with one group of 19 girls. And then the week after I start tapering with the other group of 15. So imagine the mess that you have in a pool. You have to have uh, a plus also in the, in the for the Virginia Tech invite. You start tapering the guys too. So I have twenty-two girls, and I think I had sixteen guys, or fifteen guys. Uh, they were trying to qualify for spots. So you have almost forty kids trying to taper for this, and then a week later you have another group that starts tapering this. 15 women that start tapering for another meet, and a week later you have another group of 15 men or 16 men that start tapering for another meet. As you can see, it's it's a little bit complicated, but we keep the same three-day format as you can see. You know, power speed, aerobic, race pace, uh, aerobic, power speed, race pace, and we keep doing that every week. And we we'll keep doing that all the way to the NCA championships, right? We change the intensities, the volumes, you know, as you do normally with anything. You, know, you might increase at one point here in January the intensities and you know, sometimes the volume or whatever, and then you start going down with the volume and sometimes the intensities. So, ta -ta -ta. as you can see here in the left side, in January you have taper one, taper two, taper three, right? and, and then. In February, you start having taper one, taper two, taper three, and then taper four. That's the women that made NC2As. And taper five, we have an invitational, a national invitational. And then you have a taper six in March for the guys that made NC2As. So honestly, it's a freaking mess. <laughs> but, but you have to really have a, a thought process organized, right? Because and you have to be able to compartmentalize the small groups. Yeah. So think about this. Somewhere here in uh, the end of March, uh, beginning of April, uh, it's not in the schedule, but you're gonna have Hungarian nationals, Spanish nationals, British nationals, uh, uh, all these nationals to try to qualify for international needs. That you're gonna have to extend the table for some people. Uh, any questions about this? It's a little bit boring. Um, so that would be the microcycle, if you want to call it that way. Right? The way I set it up and we talk with the coaches. Right? The mesocycles right, here, like we can separate them a little bit. You, know, you have one, two, three, four, five, six through the season. Right? The first one is three and a half weeks. We think about general conditioning, teaching, setting up good habits, introducing the three-day cycle. The second is five weeks. We do, even though we do the three-day cycle, we emphasize in aerobic one, aerobic three, and then we work on power, power and speed and race pace. The next cycle is five weeks. Emphasis on race pace, tolerance to lactate, maximum conversion of, of, of lactate. But we also keep working on power, speed, and aerobic one and, and three. And at different levels of priorities. This is the biggest mesocycle, I guess. Eight weeks between November 24th to the 25th, even though we have two periods there, they are kind of like resting. Not, not resting, there's a holiday between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, so a specific work in the three-day cycle with aerobic one to three, with power speed and race pace. And then we have here between January 26th and February 29th, uh, another taper, mesocycle. It's a little bit, it's not just one, like you can see, you're gonna have 
one that converts into six. And then between March 20, March 1st and March 28th, you have four weeks. And that will be when you finish the, the, NCAA, the ACC championships. Uh, you're gonna have four weeks before before NCAA is for women or, or for men. Right? So, so yeah. Uh, and then, if you look at a, 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 a microcycle, Hold on. All right. So here, I'll show you like a little bit of an idea, and I think you've seen probably this before in different ways from me. How a week is organized. Right? You have here uh, the conditioning like the hours that we have of condition right uh like from from september 6th to december 18th you know we do certain things in different days right? like uh, ma uh monday wednesday friday we do dry land in the mornings between 6 and 7 30. tuesdays and thursdays we swim 6 to 8 30. And saturdays we swim 7 to 10 30. but if you look between December 30th and January 21st, we switch, we switch a little bit. Monday, we swim 6 to 7.30, and then uh, we do dry land. Tuesday, 6 to 8.30, plus swim. Wednesday, we swim 6 to 7.30, and then Thursday, we do dry land, and then Friday, we swim, and Saturday, we swim. The weights don't change much. They just, you know, just a little bit, the hours, but the, the, they don't change much, right? Uh, like as we said here, the first five weeks we'll practice together and we'll separate in four groups, sprinter mid-distance and two mid-distance later on. After I think we separate after five or six weeks. The weight program needs to adapt to the water training. The first five weeks, five weeks are general and uh, and then a specific college group, sprinters, mid-distance. The dry line will involve progressions with medicine ball, jump rope, plyometrics, boxing, stretch course. Each group will do the same thing all together. So if you look at this, the mornings, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, the first the first part of the year, we train all together. Right? And we do the dry land together, swim together. The second the second part of the year, uh, we go Tuesday and Thursdays, we do the dry land together. Right? And then on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, they start swimming with their groups right away. The weights they do them together, and then in the afternoon when they swim, it's is um, they separate into groups. More or less here, uh, you have uh, you know, and that's that's kind of a general breakdown of what happens. You know, on Monday, first day of the week, we do a rocket one or two. And then we do a lactic work speed. You know, if we do weight, if we do conditioning, uh, a lot of this stuff it might be short. You know, we might, you know, we might do 200 easy or 300 drill, and then 825s or four times 10 meters or six times 10 meters or something short. Monday night, Monday afternoon, we do weights, and then we get in the water power speed, and we use buckets, rackets, racks, uh, and parachutes and all that. On Tuesday, we will work on Robic 1 to Robic 3, freestyle for many people, but we also do kick sets, I am work, and then we finish with some lactic for freestyle or mainstream. Uh, on Wednesday, you know, we do race pace, uh, and many times you do that in the morning. Uh, if we are doing the, the, the conditioning, then we do it in the afternoon. Uh, so when we do that in the afternoon, we take the power, the power, the power and speed these days here, right? because uh, we we will we, we'll focus on the race pace. Right? It could be a combination, right? depending on what we go within one. And then Thursday we, we go with aerobic work to try to recover, and Friday we go. Uh, normally, if we do anything in the morning after the the, the conditioning, 
will be a lactic or aerobic, you know, kind of more recovery. And then at night, we'll, we'll do power and speed. And on Saturday, we'll do race pace. Uh, any questions about this? Nope. Awesome. Very simple. Uh, so this, this is a little bit, you know, the, three, the four steps that I told you, you know, to me, so you understand, it's a very simple thing. Uh, when we talk about uh, aerobic zone, uh, I have, you know, three levels of aerobic. I have a top one, a bottom one for aerobic one, a top one, a bottom one for aerobic two, a top one, and a bottom one for aerobic three. This will be a little bit of the, the shit, you know, an estimation of the lactate level that they're going to be accumulating, the percentage of the speed that they have to go. And an estimation of the heart rate, but this is what I, uh, you know, what I use when I when I do the days of aerobic uh, one to aerobic three. You know, I move from these ones, uh, and then when I work in the anaerobic zone, I just do this via uh, two max uh, top, via two max bottom, anaerobic one top, anaerobic one bottom. The same thing, anaerobic two, anaerobic two. Uh, percentage, no percentage. An estimation of the the lactate and the blood if they do this type of work and the speed that they have to go more or less in the heart rate here's the 150 chart that i explained to you in the past before as you can see here you know once you put the, the different parameters uh the, you put the, the result of the test it will give you the different speeds that you're gonna go right. the same thing for the anaerobic side the, train, the training zones. And then uh, my workout structure is very simple. Right? So, you know, when I do aerobic workout, I, I have a warm up. You know, it's made up of uh, with swim drills, stalling, some kicking, some pulls, some land exercise, the volume, anywhere between 800 to 2500. Right? Then the kick set with pour, no pour, underwater on, the, on a side. The volume anywhere between 800 and 2000, depending on the volume of the day or the, the, the part of the season. The pool set the same thing with buoy, paddles, sometimes with band, volume between 800 and 2000. Main set, you know, uh, will be a combination of IM, free, and mainstream. Volume between 1500 to 3000 for distance swimmers will be more, will be between 2000 and, and you know, 4000, 5000. It all depends. I don't know why it's not it's not there. Uh, warm down. The warm down here many times is not very structured, just because sometimes it's just like since they've been working in their aerobic side of things, I just give them some social kicking, something to distract, and sometimes because of the strictness of the hours that I have, I might just tell them fifty easy go and take a shower. The workout structure of a power speed, you know, we normally do it after weights and for younger swimmers after dry land. But for power speed workout, uh, the warm up could be very short or non existent. You know, sometimes we do just 200 choice or 400 choice of drills or whatever, or sometimes we start with 425 from a dive or 875 with things from a dive, 25 underwater, 15 swim fast. No underwater, then 20 easy, and then 15 underwater fast. You know, just combinations of, of some some fast stuff. The main set is a circuit. You know, between buckets, stretch course, white belts, parachutes, and other equipment to generate the speed, and that it is assisted or resisted. The volume goes between 800 and 2500, and the warm down now becomes more important to try to teach them how to understand a warm down. You know, warm down. I'll give an example of a warm down that I might do, try to teach them so they have an idea. We'll do 850s with 15 seconds rest, 25 freestyle, 25 kick. When the first two, you need to keep your heart rate 160, the next two 150, the next two 140, the next two 130. And the idea is um, that once they do something very hard, 
you cannot go to the pool and just swim easy or, or sit still. You need to regress from high level to a lower level. And not you cannot just go drastically go from here down to nothing. And that's a very important thing that we need to try to teach them. So the wonder in this type of workout is very important to, to, to teach them. Uh, workout structure for race pace. For the young students, I might do the same sets, but instead of the same intensity of work, I progress from normal, normally from 75 to 80% to fast. Race pace, race pace workouts, the warm-up, I try to simulate the warm-up that I would like them to do in the competition. During the, the weeks, the, the first part of the season, when we're training pretty hard, I give them the warm-up. Just the organized warm-up. So, you know, many kids, when they're training hard and they go to a meet, they don't want to swim. They don't want to warm up. They're like, ah, you know, I'm so tired. I, I, no, but you have to you have to be strict during those, those times and teach them what they need. And as, as the season goes, many times when we do race pace and we're getting closer to the meet, I just give them 45 minutes or an hour for warming up. That if they need my help, I give them the help. And if not, they already have an idea of what type of warm-up they need. The main set, the, the main set is mainly main stroke, one stroke. Sometimes we use two strokes. If you have an IAMR, you might you might do, use the four strokes. But also it's important sometimes for an IAMR to really work on the commander breast stroke, work on the commander fly, work on the commander back, you know, um, or in the commander freestyle. The volumes, you know, for sprinters to meet distance, anywhere between three, 300 to 4,000 for distance, between 600 to uh, 6,000. 600 wouldn't be that much, you know, if you want to do three 200s from, from the blocks, you know, with a lot of rest. And the warm down is also designed like the, the, the power and speed type of warm down, warm down. It's very important that they learn to do a proper warm down. And we have, you know, we try to teach them why and try to talk to them about why. So. The last thing I think is the work of the structure, you know, of the dryland and lactic skills, you know, well, the dryland, we, we do a lot of lactic work in the water or, or just the skills. Huh? With the dryland program, not the weights, but with the dryland program, we do, we start the season maybe with 20 minutes and we try to teach them how to do the exercise and how to move. And we keep progressing up to 75 minutes. So if we have an hour and a half in the mornings, Sometimes we only have 15 minutes to swim. Right? So uh, during the time that we get in the water, our goal is to transfer whatever we're doing in the, in the dry land into the water. So depending on the time that we have, we do a short warm-up or a longer warm-up, but we do a lot of elective work uh, between 10 to 15 meters with different, different efforts, between 60, 70, 80% efforts to 100% efforts with 10, 15, 20 seconds rest, depending. And then we do some skill work, you know, uh, well, some, no, we do skill work, meaning underwaters, stars, relay stars, turns, you know, transitions from the stars to the turns. Sometimes we do dives, when we just do a dive, whatever, pull out a number of kicks and one or two cycles and stop, you know, and try to set them up for the race pretty well. So, that was my presentation for today for you guys. Any questions? Um, hi, Coach Sergio. Hello. Uh, can we apply this one for the younger kids, or this program is intended for the senior swimmers? No, I think I think you, can, you know I, this program, uh, Edson. This is how I organize my season, right? Um, I really believe you can do, uh, uh, you can use power speed, uh, race pace, and, and aerobic, the concepts of, of using those three things twice a week. Because the kids like change, you know, and when you use a circuit to swim, they think it's fun, you know, and it's very tiring, you know. So you can apply it as long as you understand that you don't want to do the same thing that with a senior kid. Make sense? So you just figure it out, the level of the kids that you have, the age, and then you can have a circuit 
in the water twice a week where the kids love it and they, they learn how to kick while they have a, maybe a little bit of resistance or they use somebody else to drag themselves kicking, or, you know, and the kids love that. And I think with that, if you teach them how to do to do all that with very good strokes and techniques, you, you'll see a huge benefit. Make sense? Uh, you know, this is just a way that I, and I used to use this when I was at balls with younger kids. But that's, I just wanted to explain to you guys the way I think, you know, it's not, I'm not a, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you that this is the way you have to find the system. Make sense? Uh, Coach, what's the benefit of doing boxing in the dry land? Because I saw one of your videos that uh, your swimmers are doing boxing. Well, I started maybe 12 years ago, whatever it was, because one of our guys was, used to come from boxing and and, and also Dave Bottom, uh, uh, I saw Dave, Mike Bottom, uh, he used to use a lot of boxing and he used to separate between shoulder driven and hip driven, right? So you can do, we only do three exercises. We do uh, straight arms, uppercuts and bobbin whips. And what you do, you, you know, you either can practice shoulder driven or hip driven when you throw the punch because you, but what I like the most, also, you practice the breathing, you know, excel. That you, you don't teach the kids how to excel in swimming, so you try to teach them how to, every time they, they throw a punch, excel, excel, excel. But also, I think, and I don't have a scientific explanation for this, eh? but I, I see a huge benefit on the, the way they move their hands in the water later on. There's a connection between their nervous system. They, they have a tendency of really understanding how to move hands and, and body so much better. So I like that. Yeah. And we started it with younger kids. We do a lot of shadow boxing and then uh, boxing with a partner. So, but honestly, I'm not a scientist. I could maybe sit down and try to analyze the benefits that they have. And it will be more on the uh, neurologic, uh, neurologic aspect of the athlete than anything else. A lot of our guys, we didn't practice reaction times on the stars, but most of my guys from the age of 15, 16, you look at Joseph School and all those guys, but all of them, I'm not talking about, I had a couple of them that they're very slow, but our, their stars are between 0 0.54 and 0 0.6 yeah, without practicing any reaction. And I think the boxing is one of the things that really helped them out. Plus, Edson, they love boxing. They love boxing. <laughs> Anything that is powerful, even the girls, that they can't compete against one another outside of the water, they really like it. Yeah. Anything else, guys? Nope. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, Sergio, just to reiterate, the the A1 to A3 uh, aerobic pace is calculated by your 150 set. Yes. Uh-huh. Those percentages that I gave you, or more or less, and then when you saw the chart, is yeah, it's when we do the test, that's the, that's the, those are the parameters that I use. Huh? But the aerobic one, aerobic two, aerobic three, that's how I learn energy systems. But to me, Today, you can listen to so many different things. EN1, EN2, SP1, XX1, X32. There's so many little things. But at the end of the day, you know, you know, you only need the basic stuff. For me, I use the basic stuff that I can control and I don't get too complicated. And I, many times I mix them and, you know, and sometimes I think I might be working uh, via two max, but maybe I'm doing a threshold like or lower uh, A3 aerobic. You know? But you know what I mean? So. But, and any other questions? No. 
So I just say who wants to go first? I'll go yeah. quickly. Um, uh, I just want to say thanks. Yeah, the, this session and last week's one on the NCAA, like uh, I love them. So so educational and, and informative. Um, I just I want to excuse myself. Some of my team are still sitting on the Zoom, but um, there's an SSA meeting now at eleven o'clock um, with more guidelines. Um, so I just want to excuse myself. Uh, have a good night. Um, yeah. Thanks for the session and last week's one on the NCAA rules and things was uh, was brilliant. No problem. Have a good day, Jill. Excellent. I thought I attended your uh, webinar last week uh, in the US. Um, can you explain the velocity something? I didn't understand it well. Do you want me to explain the whole presentation? Uh, no, no, no. Just a small thing, small thing. How do you apply it in the pool or is it for the weight training only yeah the, the, the velocity training the, i didn't uh, i didn't explain it to you guys i didn't present it uh, uh, one of the coaches the coach with me voluntary coaches uh, he's he's a study dad and um, it's mainly training in the weight room or in the oh. in, in the driver makes sense it's the weight it's the way you move the weights Instead of doing one maximum rep, you want to wait. You want to move the, the the weight at a certain velocity that allows you to keep that instead of like hypertrophying the muscle because it's just like ah, you know. So you can use you can transfer that in the water a lot better, more or less. Like for example, for me, I never heard of it before, you know, and it was a very good eye opening because a lot of the things that I do in the dry land follow that principle. You know, so for me it was reassuring what I was doing in the dry land. And now I can, everything that I've been trying to explain to the, the strength and conditioning coach without really having a scientific thing, I can go sit down with them and say, hey, let's, let's work on velocity training instead of hypertrophying the guys. You know? Because I need the guys to be able to, to be fast without being, having big muscles. Make sense? But uh, you can watch the the presentation and read the the slides. Uh, probably, if you do some search on the internet, you'll find more information that I can help you. you know, I, I, so I'm sorry about that. Any any other questions? Nope. Hi, Sergio. This is Leanne. Hi, Leanne. Um, it's very interesting topic. Uh, I just want to know regarding the NCAA, um, you, you told us that you only have 144 days, uh, training allowed for your team. Do you guys submit your program or like the days that you're, you guys are training in the, uh, yes. organization or something? Oh, okay. There's a system. We have an app in the phone and, okay. uh, and every swimmer has the same app, right? So also it's web-based. So for example, we have to submit our schedule a month before, right? And then the swimmers approve the schedule. This is very funny, right? So if the swimmers don't agree with it, you might have to change things or, you know, so normally they don't complain as long as it's 20 hours. Now, every day I record the, the moment that we start and the moment that we finish, mainly the moment that we finish. Right? Because if we start later, they don't care. But if, if my practice finishes at 7.30 and I finish at 7.22, I have this form that I, I, I say, hey, 7.22, 7.22, sign. And one of the sooner signs right? to have proof. What happens after uh, every week, we submit uh, to the compliance through the through this app, the hours that we've done, right? And then the compliance calls randomly some of the swimmers in the team and shows show them what we told them that they've done. And if they say yes, we're good. If they say no, we have a two-hour problem. So it's it's very complicated. That's why sometimes you see coaches that they get fired. Good coaches, it's because 
compliance has changed so much and it's very strict that if a kid doesn't like the coach and they want to screw him, they can screw him. Like, they can stop because they believe, the, they believe the athlete before they believe the coach. That's the way it is. You know? oh, okay. So it's, it's, a, it's a very complex, it's a very complex system. So it's not just 15 years ago, oh yeah, you have a limitation. Nobody took control of it. Everybody wanted to train 23 hours, 26 hours. Some teams, you know, they tell you, like what they recruit you. Uh, hey, we train 20 hours, but this thing, this thing, this thing is voluntary. If you don't want to do them, you cannot come to the team. <laughs> so it's voluntary, but it's mandatory. You know? okay. uh, so it's, but you have to be very careful. Not many people can do that because uh, nowadays the universities don't want to get sued. So, so that's why uh, you guys are, are very specific with your like Thanksgiving break or Christmas break. Oh, absolutely. You give them yeah. days off right after the ACC championships, that, 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 right after the last day of competition of the, the NCAA championships, they have to have a mandatory seven days off. Seven days. If, for example, I have a kid from Singapore or from Thailand or from the, after the NCAAs has the SNAG or one of the meets to qualify for the Olympics. Well, I have the swimmer has to write a letter asking for permission to be able to train. Not to me, but to the, the compliance. Normally, there's no problem because anything that is related with the national team or this, there's no problem. But there's many steps that you have to follow. And, mm -hmm. And many steps are easy. It's just have to follow them and have proof that there's a competition or there's something. You know? Because it, I know it's hard, but a lot of the coaches have uh, exploited the system and you know, taken advantage. So. Okay. Thanks now, for that. Yeah. Now, for example, because I only I can only coach 144 days a year by the NCAA rules. That's what many, many swimmers from many countries go to universities. And when they come back, they're fat, they're, they're out of shape. I don't know if it has happened to you guys, but in America, a lot of the Spanish kids or, you know, what happens in many universities, I don't have to keep coaching. After March, I don't have to keep coaching. The school doesn't pay me to coach me. Now, I coach because I have a club and the kids in, the, in my university, really want to compete at the Olympic trials and all this and everything that they do has to be voluntary. Make sense? Voluntary. I can I cannot force them to be there. I we cannot take attendance. Everything has to be voluntary. It's not bad because if you if you if you are a swimmer that want to come to my team, you know that we're gonna keep training. You know, if you don't come to practice, that's fine. Don't come. But normally people that want to keep training for summer competitions or their national team. Uh, they're going to go to those teams. Make sense? So, so it's, it's, it's an interesting process. Any other questions about any of this? Nope. Awesome, guys. So, Let's see if we have anything to talk next week. I know every time we have less and less people. Maybe one day soon we'll have to cancel this, these talks. You know? Uh, you know uh, but let me know if you have any, anything that you guys want to talk. Right? Uh, and, and, you know, I, I don't know what else I can give you. Yeah, but if you guys want to chat about something that is important for you guys, let's, let's have that talk. Right? Hey guys. Uh, sure. Hopefully, when I go to the States, um, I can like uh, assist or like a, like a part time with no pay in your team. Like, oh, you, you're more than welcome. If you want to come and you're able to come and you want to volunteer with us, yeah. anytime you want, the door is open. Oh, like, that's great. Because yeah, I was supposed to be there this June, but mm -hmm. because of this COVID, um, yeah. I'm but don't, you know, we have, we have swimmer uh, coaches all the time coming. And if you come from overseas, for sure, you know, uh, like I said, we won't be able to pay for you, you know, 
but you can you can help us out you can watch the practice you can help us coach you can learn from the kids we have a professional group too you know so uh, you can you can help us out with both groups whatever you want to do uh, you know that's uh, thank you yeah anybody anybody wants to to come i cannot help you get a visa let's so forget about okay. that i can't <laughs> You know, I keep getting requests from people. Oh, I really want to coach with you. Help me out. Write me a letter. I can't. Yeah. My my parents are staying also in uh, Virginia. That's why it's just an hour drive. So oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. For any one of you guys, you're more than welcome. Thanks, Sergio. It was a great session. Yeah, you're welcome. You have you have a good night. Okay. You do rest well. Yeah, thanks. I'm gonna go to bed. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Thank you, coach. You're welcome.